This is the Millennial Movement Podcast, delivering you the most exclusive insights from the top entrepreneurs and influencers from around the world. Hosted by business owner and influencer, Ricky Wynn. Now on to the show. As you're now tuning in to the Millennial Movement, starring your host, Ricky Wynn. Today we have a special guest on the show, sneaker collector, entrepreneur, and now YouTube sensation, Blake Wynn. Blake, I'm excited and thrilled to have you on the show today, man. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited to do it. It's my yeah. first podcast being my first time, so we'll see. We'll have some fun with it. Man, don't worry. You're going to be great, man. I know that you know you're not in the presence right now, so um, this is going to be a phone podcast. Um, for everyone just making sure and clear that it's going to be a phone podcast. Um, Blake's a busy man, so he's traveling all the time. <laughs> but to open up yeah. the show... Go ahead, go ahead, Blake. You caught me in Laguna Beach right now. I'm taking a little little four-day break for the fourth and everything, spend time with some family and stuff, but still, <laughs> still keeping busy. That's good, man. But to open up the show, tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so uh, my name is my name's Blake Wynn. Uh, born and raised in Las Vegas. I'm actually getting ready to move for the first time in my life. I'm going to college in August in New York City. I'm really excited about that. New York's been a place that I've loved, you know, visiting ever since I was a kid. I'm not sure if I'll be good with the cold, but uh, I'm really excited for it. Uh, I've been into sneakers since I was about 10 years old, and when I was 11, I went to an outlet store. I found a pair of shoes that was 19.99. They're called Jeremy Scott Street Balls. They're ugly, and uh, but the suggested retail was 200 bucks, so I bought them, thinking that there's got to be a way to resell it. And I made them on eBay, and they ended up going for 105 dollars the next day. And that was when I realized that there was uh, a, a financial side to this kind of business in this world. And from when I was 11 to 16, I resold sneakers. I was a top-rated seller on eBay. I traveled all around to sneaker cons and everything like that. Lots of smaller events, too. Dunk exchanges, soul exchanges. You name it, I've probably tried it once at the least. And then uh, when I was 16, I decided that to make my reselling business a little bit bigger... I had to add marketing, and when I reached out to some influencers to get quotes on marketing, and they told me their prices, I, I, I mean, I literally couldn't believe it. I didn't know what influencer marketing was worth, and when they told me that, I was like, well, I guess I have to do it myself, so I started a YouTube channel called Just Win, which is still up and running today, and basically with that, I kind of found a new passion, which was talking about sneakers, not necessarily reselling them anymore. But uh, just kind of being more of an influencer of sorts with them and, you know, opening up different doors to be a sneaker entrepreneur, but in a different way. And that's kind of what I do now. Now we have about 400,000 subscribers on YouTube and uh, 100,000 something on Instagram. And it's it's definitely sped life up a little bit. But that's kind of a little bit about me. All right. So I know we're going to jump into the topic, you know, of your uh, YouTube channel later on. Um, first off, I want to say, you know, at you you started, you said you started selling sneaker at around, you know, 11, 12 years old, why was making money on your mind at such a, a young age during the time? Um, honestly, it wasn't so, you know, it's really interesting. It wasn't really so much about money, and it honestly still isn't. Like, I typically just, I like, my kind of model in life, like, I just love the process of growing things. Like, that's part of why, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest, I was doing really, really well reselling, and I'll never forget, I told my mom, it was a split, it was a split second decision, I walked into her bedroom one morning, and I said, mom, I'm no longer going to resell shoes, I'm giving up my top rated eBay store, blah, 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 I'm going to do YouTube, and she was like, and she didn't even understand it, she didn't know you could make money off it, and quite frankly, at the time, I didn't know I could make money off it either, but 
I never, you know, really cared about that. I, you know, I was lucky enough that I came from a family where, like, I didn't have to pay, you know, rent. You know, like, food was paid for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to, you know, pay for a roof over my head. So that was really all I needed. I didn't used to care about fancy clothes and stuff like that. And honestly, it's funny. It probably looks like I care a lot now, but I really don't. It's more so just like a, you know, it's part of kind of what comes with what I do now, but really like I, I, I more so just have fun with the process of building stuff. And so when I was 11, like when a lot of my friends would go to camp and stuff like that, like I only went to one summer camp my whole life and I, I left early, you know, I, I wasn't like that. I loved like having to make something for myself. And so that's kind of why I did that. So you were, were you always this passionate? Cause it sounds like, you know, ever since, um, you know, at a young age, you you were you're always just you sound you sound very passionate about what you do. Have you always been about this? Um, you know, throughout everything you've done, and you know, yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I mean, it's it's funny. Like a lot of a lot of people that people follow and listen to for whether it's motivation or just because they're successful, like the Ty Lopez's, the Gary Vaynerchuk's, the you know whoever you listen to. It's funny because everyone says the same thing, like. You got to be passionate. You got to love what you do. You can't care about the money. And then people listen to it and they're like, well, what is that? Like, of course you have to care about money. It's yeah. for you to say that, you know, blah, blah, blah. What's funny is that all the people that are in that position kind of say the exact same thing. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like they're all saying it and it might not want to be what people want to hear. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like if you start something or work at something that you're genuinely passionate about, regardless of the money, you know, if you can afford to do that, obviously – not everyone's in a position where they can afford it to, you know, not make money or whatever it is. But if you start something out of a genuine passion and it turns into something, that's when it's at its best, you know, because there's so few people, I feel like that get to do something they really love doing on a daily basis that if you're lucky enough to do it and it's able to be monetized and stuff like that, you're in a pretty good position. Well, that's, that's amazing. I love what you say, you know, about being passionate about, you know, what you do and if it's like loving what what you do as your job, I, I, and I love what you say about that. Yeah, and what, my next question is, how much did you make, you know, your first year reselling sneakers? Uh, well, I kind of started in the middle of the year. Um, okay. I, pro- I, pro- I started, it was right when I, in between my summer break, when I was um, 11, so whatever grade that was, I think it's between 6th and 7th grade. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, I can't tell you what I made the first year. Not because I wouldn't, it's because I don't remember. I would probably, uh, I would probably guess. I mean, I can. I, let me put it this way: I had to pay taxes when I was eleven. Oh like, wow! On return. Uh, I probably. I mean, but I probably got a refund. You know, it was one of those things that's yeah. like as a kid starting his first business. I probably, if I had to guess, maybe fifteen or twenty thousand, which is definitely atypical from an eleven-year-old, but. And, like, I can't stress enough how much, like, it wasn't about that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But it's good because at, even at a young age, when if you learn how to adapt those things, you know, um, e- even when you're 11, 12, you know, 15 or 20 grand, it, it might not be as much, you know, as a, as a full job. But still at a young age, you know, getting accustomed and then making the money, it's like it, you never worried about that. You just it, – it was fun. It was a passion for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's even one thing that – you know, it's easy to take for granted. Like when I decided to start a YouTube, right? Like with no subscribers, I, ha- I bought myself like a sixteen hundred dollar camera setup because I was in a position from reselling where like the risk was fine. I could afford it. You know, yeah. Growing up, you know, I didn't. My parents didn't necessarily give me you know anything I wanted and stuff like that. Like it wasn't like that. Um, 
and I'm, and I'm honestly grateful for that because it definitely motivates your work ethic. You know, if you if you got handed everything, what would be your incentive to work at anything? Uh-huh. So I know after a while you start reselling sneakers to almost a hundred a hundred pairs a month. Am yeah, I correct? I, I mean, probably a lot more than that now. You know, um, well, how were so you a able to do that? When where I where I resell, and I I mean on there, there's been months where we've done like seven or eight hundred pairs in a month, and that's on top of the YouTube and everything else. So it's wow. definitely picked up. It's definitely picked up for sure. That that's crazy. And then can I just ask, uh, with all with the pairs that you sell, what uh, can you name like a few pairs that that are like you know your most popular that you that you sell online? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a mix of stuff cause it's all resale. So it's stuff that I get from other people and whatnot, uh-huh. but, uh, Yeezys, you know, everyone wants to be, everyone wants to be Kanye and wear Yeezys and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what's real popular besides Yeezys. I mean, dad shoes, like all that stuff kind of pops. How's the off, does, how does the off-white market do for you? Like the off-white Jordan ones and stuff? It does well. I typically don't sell items with that high of a market just because um, it's not typically like because part of what my site was, it was a way to make it so that way, you know, mostly younger kids, I'd say, but so anyone can resell. Yeah. So like I'll give an example, like blue tints right now on StockX could be, I don't know, 350, 360, whatever they're worth. Uh Like typically I put a new pair of blue tints on my site for like 270 or 260. Um, you know, and the reason why it was just more so just like a, I'm going to give a kid like his first like good flip, he'll, you know, make a few dollars on that. And then if he was able to, you know, reinvest it wisely and stuff like that, then mm-hmm. you'd be good. So, so for someone like asking a question, you know, you said to selling up to selling up to 700 to 800 pairs a month. I mean, um, you know, with all the, I'm guessing with all the inventory and stuff, that that's a lot of money coming as well as too. How how are you able to maintain and not lose sight of everything, and just you know keep on track and just you know keep moving forward month after month? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things. So first, I have a great team of people. You know, I have a I have a website manager. I have someone that does all the shipping. Um, I actually personally go in and deal with like spreadsheets and like more like the back end accounting side of it, just because uh-huh. I have to keep that all clean for taxes. But um, you know. I, you know, I just love it. You know, like that's really just it is it's, it's not hard. It's not that hard to keep track of. I rent, I, I rent an office space in Las Vegas, like a five room office space. There's plenty of room for a stock room and a room to ship and everything like that. So, you know, obviously it's not really something I can run out of my house anymore, but, um, but you know, it's just a blast. And, uh, I would say it's definitely like, you know, I've surrounded myself with people that are definitely really good at what they do, you know, like, some of the people that I have that work for me, like, you know, maybe you like have long resumes and working in the sneaker space, whether it's like what working for urban necessities or other stores like that. Mm-hmm. So definitely surrounding, surrounding myself with the right people. So I know that how you got started into the sneaker game uh, before moving on is, you know, you first consigned your sneakers at uh, Urban Necessity with uh, JC Lopez, the owner of uh, Urban Necessities. Right. Yeah, so, a little bit. You know, that was that was so that was when I used to consign there. Um, first off, it went very well. It's a great place to sell your shoes. But um, you know, it's interesting. Like 
when I sold there, I was at a kind of in the middle where it was, I was no longer a reseller and I was building my YouTube, but I hadn't started shop just win yet. And it was really just a lot of personal shoes that I was like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't think I'll wear these anymore mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't really too much more than that. Yeah. And, um, but you know, they sold fast and it really, it was interesting to me the way that he sold shoes. You know, he's different than a lot of the other big stores, right? And this is actually JC personally. I mean, I don't know if he still does it personally, but I know for at least the first few years of business, he did. You know, like some of these really big accounts that have stores like Flight Club, like they'll make one post a day uh-huh. of some real of some really like HD shoe yeah. or something like that. But what I loved about what he did, and which is part of why I was like, you know, in addition to it being in Vegas and I could drive there, blah, 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 like why, why I really wanted to sell there is I was like, he's going to take my shoe. Within 24 to 48 hours or whatever their turnaround time is, he's going to post on Instagram, like my personal shoe. And they have so many followers that someone's probably going to buy it. You know, they posted every single product for a while and they still do or they still try at least, you know. Now their business is so big, I don't know if they're able to post everything. But <laughs> yeah, back, back then they did. So, you know, to me, I was like, my shoe's going to get as good of a shot as any to sell. So. You know, I want to take it there as opposed to it just dropping it off somewhere else and having it get lost on their site or in their inventory and whatnot. So, okay. So, uh, how is like as personally JC as you know personality? You know, he he he's really he's really known in the sneaker world for having, I guess the uh the most hype beast sneakers. You know, f- friends and family. You know, thirty thousand oh, yeah. pairs of dollar uh, uh, worth of shoes. You know, what is he like? Pers- like, what's his personality like? meeting him um well i can say this i've I've definitely done a lot more than just meeting jc yeah we're really really close you know like in the last couple months we haven't talked as much just because i've been traveling so much i'm getting ready to move to new york and and stuff like that but you know it's definitely one of those places that whenever i come back to vegas i'll stop and say hi (laughs) even if i'm not done with shoes you know like for you know it's really funny so for a while I would go to sneaker cons for meet and greets, like when I had like maybe like a hundred to two hundred thousand subscribers, like mostly in early uh, 2017. Like we, there was Cleveland, uh, Phoenix, and Bay Area. There was three in a row. And we did merch collabs and stuff like that. And what was interesting is I wasn't 18 back then, so I couldn't check in hotels by myself. And you know, my parents have jobs and stuff like that. Like they didn't come with me. Um, and so he would be my guardian. He and Joni would be my guardian, and they would check wow. me in my hotel room and drive me everywhere, and we'd go to meals and stuff like that, you know. It wow. was a blast, and that was actually right when JC started his YouTube channel, so he kind of started it, you know, right as I, I mean, I only had maybe like 120,000 yeah. or so at the time when he started, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, it was, it was just, it was always a blast, you know, like we would, a lot off camera, you could probably ask him about it, but off camera, we'd like, we would joke all the time and stuff like that. Like it was a lot of fun. So it was definitely a cool experience just, you know, seeing it. Cause I, I remember like when JC would just wear Yeezys around and stuff like that. Yeah. Like he always had a couple of nice things, but I mean, now he's at the point where it's like sample every day, you know, every day is a new sample on his Instagram. Like I just saw he had like some nice kick sample or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's been cool. You know, everyone's in, and, and that's with everyone too. It's not just JC. Like everyone's kind of, like for example, like I kind of got my big break, if you will, on YouTube when Kai shouted me out. Yeah. Now, what was funny about that is Kai shouted me out when he had two hundred thousand subscribers, and I, to me that number was like unattainable. And now he's got a million, and I'm double where he was at when he shouted me out. Like everyone, you know, has progress in their own way. You know, I mean, I think the whole world itself is growing. You know, there's 
a new sneaker store every day in some city and you know bigger and bigger influencers are starting to get into it yeah you know it's, it's getting it's getting pretty big and, and i'm not gonna lie like i'm not gonna sit here and uh not go because i know you have a lot of fans like you said four hundred thousand subscribers for uh my audience as well as uh i'm not gonna sit here and say that, you know I, i've been with you since the first day you posted your youtube channel but i've been watching uh, i've been watching you along the way uh you know my my friend john carlo um who who has his youtube channel blazendary i know him another since another one who's beyond blown up yeah I mean, he's you know he's in the millions now and he i mean he's in a whole nother you know a whole other dimension now and and you know what's funny is he's i, I mean to me he was the perfect person uh-huh. to blow up the way that he did because everyone kind of had like not just like whether it was me, but like Linder, Giancarlo, JC, Teddy, Tony, Kais, Bull, whoever you want to talk about. Everyone kind of had roughly the same subscriber count and stuff like that. Yeah, was the one that popped. And what was what and I thought was really neat about that was a lot of the, a lot of people were kind of talking about like like whether it's like me myself or Blake Linder. It was like, well, when college comes around, like you're gonna kind of have to you know post less and stuff like that. Uh-huh. You know, just because of. You know, school is all of a sudden really serious and stuff like that. Yeah. But John, John Carlo always had a different attitude. He was always like, you know, like he knew, you know, and I think that's why he was the one that blew up. His confidence was so high, but not in like a cocky way, but in like a, you know, he had his mindset on one day he was going to, you know, really, really pop off. And this is what he wanted to do, you know, turn it into acting and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure... I don't know if I can say it, but I'm pretty sure he's got like some acting roles and stuff like that now. So this has oh, been wow. like... That, that's this has been like perfect for him. So. Yeah, that that's pretty wild. Yeah, like I was saying, but I've known John Carlos since uh back in 2015, and that's when I kind of first uh you know after following him and then kind of ran into you going into sneaker cons along the way. So you know I, I've been watching like you say like you're getting a background about you uh JC being your guardian when you guys did a collab. I was actually I was watching. I was like, man, I said this kid is traveling. He's 17. You know, he's going with a business owner as a guardian angel. I thought it was pretty freaking funny to be to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, but like I wanna move on and you you said in two thousand sixteen you started YouTube. What made you wanna start YouTube after doing, you know, having so much success selling sneakers, or was that part of the plan to, you know, have your business now? Um you know what's funny is a lot of you know I, every so often, especially now, I'm starting to get this comment on my Instagram, and I get it maybe one out of every you know five or six hundred comments. Like it's rare, but when I see it, I kind of laugh, which is it's real funny. It's uh someone's like, if you really think about it, this kid's a genius. He resold sneakers, quit to do YouTube, and two years later, he's got a reselling business that's fifty times bigger than what it used to be. And what's funny is that was never you know my intention. I honestly, I don't want to say I lost a passion for reselling, but I gained a passion for doing YouTube. That was like bigger than my passion for reselling and that's why I gave it up and when I realized how easily it could be integrated back in I was like now I get to resume this passion while still maintaining this passion and so for me it turned into a perfect a perfect scenario where I could kind of do everything that it was that I wanted to do but uh that was never the intention honestly um to me like what made what to me what made me feel successful on a daily basis was the fact that I woke up and like I was able to do exactly what I wanted to do, you know, every day at a young age. Like, given I had to go to school for seven or eight hours a day, whatever, yeah. like every kid. But virtually, like, I was getting to do whatever I wanted, which was an awesome way to grow up mm-hmm. the last couple of years. And so, you know, switching to YouTube I, every day, that's what I got to do what I wanted to do. I got to wake up and be like, you know what, now I get to, you know, go make this video or go collab with 
this person or whatever it was. And, yeah. You know, that's it, that's how it kind of all worked out in the end. So, so how long did it take before you started actually blowing up on YouTube? Um, I mean, I don't know what you would define as blowing up. I honestly had, like, a pretty steady growth pattern. Like, I never had, like, that one month where I uh-huh. gained, like, 190,000 subscribers. Like, um, like it was funny. For, for the first, uh, I want to say, 19 or 20 months that I was on YouTube... The lowest amount of subscribers I ever gained in a month was 11,000, and the highest I ever gained was, I think, like, 26 or 27,000. So it was really, like, a pretty consistent, like, just steady growth. You know, I never hit one of those viral videos. Like, I don't think I even have a video with 2 million mm-hmm. views, I think. I think. I mean, I have a couple that have a million and whatnot, but I never had, like, you know, like, John Carlos hit the video that's got, you know, maybe 10 million, or Blake's got one that's got, like, 4 or 5 million. Like, I never had that. I don't know why. I mean, you can't really predict about videos. So yeah, it was kind of just a steady growth. I would say that after 45 days, I had 10,000, which was which back then seemed like I was like, oh, this is it. Like I've reached the pinnacle. You yeah. Know? But but from but, there, you just want to continue going, uh, just like growing, like your your um your your YouTube channel. Yeah. Um. I mean, to me, it was just like you know, like I said, like I just love. Uh-huh. The process of, of having to grow something, you know, and that was that was the project. So that's what I was doing. So with having a sneaker YouTube channel, having Crepitech and Soul Provider uh, sponsoring you, um, how 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 big of accomplishment is that to you? Uh, when companies first reached out to me to sponsor me, at first I thought it was a joke. Like I was like, yeah, athletes get sponsored, actors <laughs> and actresses get sponsored. You know, like you see, you know, those athletes on the Gillette commercials and whatever. You know, uh, but. When companies wanted to do that, it was kind of like a wow, like okay, this all of a sudden matters. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. When you're f- when you're first starting, no one no one cares. You know what I mean? Like re- like you you might be having fun, but you don't have companies in your ear, friends in your ear. Like no one you know no one cares. But as you get bigger, and then companies start talking, and your friends start talking, and your family starts talking, and you know what I mean? Like it becomes a lot of I don't want to say noise because your family's not noise, but you know it becomes a lot of stuff being put in your ear, especially for me, like, I was young, I wasn't used to my life being that fast, uh-huh. like, but, um, so how did you adapt awesome. to you know, it? I was, I was really selective with who I partnered with and took sponsorships from, and, you know, I think it was good, I think that kept my content more organic and made my personal brand more authentic and stuff like that, because quite honestly, I only took deals from brands that I actually liked, yeah. like, it was not, it was like, it, you know, because companies would be like, oh, well, we'll pay this, but, like, I'm not even just saying it for a soundbite or whatever you you know whatever you think. Like it's one of those things where it's like, if we're, if we're not about the money, it's very easy to say no. You know, like it's yeah. very easy to be like, I don't want to do this. Of Thank course. you. So so how like, you know, like you said, you know, with your uh, with your family at a young age, how did you adapt to, you know, with your life moving as fast as it did? How did you adapt to it? Um, it's a it's it's, it's a hard thing to adapt to. Um. You definitely have to make, you know, sacrifices and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, whether it's time with your friends growing up, um, you know, whether it's having a girlfriend or not, like whatever it is, like you definitely have to make sacrifices. But um, I never made a sacrifice that I wasn't willing to. Like I never did something that I wasn't comfortable doing. You know, like there was always a line in the sand where it's like, okay, like I have to spend this much time with my mom, you know, or this isn't worth it to me anymore. You know, I'm not an adult. So, you know, it was definitely just kind of, I would say the toughest part was just kind of finding the balance of having a really fast life that requires you to 
you know, and this is the thing that people don't understand about YouTubers is that like, if you said yes to everything, you literally could go to a new city every single day for a meeting, you know, like all expenses paid, whatever. But like your life could be as fast or slow as you want it, which is really good because you can easily just say no, just as easily as you can say yes. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's one of those things that as soon as you find the balance, you're, you're pretty good. So, yeah, I know you travel to, like, SneakerCon a lot. That's one of the main things that, uh, for your YouTube channel, you travel to SneakerCon, which is a place, you know, a buy, sell, trade for vendors. Um, You know, and for, I, I guess, say, sneaker YouTubers as well, such as yourself. And there, you know, the environment loves you. Uh, You're basically like a celebrity there. You know, how how does that feel like, you know, going to SneakerCon and stuff? That was pretty cool. I'm, you know, it was, I'll, I'll never forget the first time uh, I went to SneakerCon LA, and I just started my YouTube channel about a month earlier, but Tyson had posted a video about four days before the event, and I only had you know, probably eight or 9,000 subscribers. It was nothing, you know, massive, but I was fairly relevant at the time, which I didn't realize because Kai's video just got 300,000 views in the first four days, and it was my collection video, so I didn't really understand the magnitude of something like that because I was new to YouTube. You know, I thought it was cool, and I was like... You know, I saw my subscriber count, you know, go up by a couple thousand. So I understood it was big. But when I first got there, I got out of my car. And there was, like, this group of, like, six kids that saw me. were like, aren't you that kid that, like, aren't you Blake or whatever like that? And I was like, yeah. Like, can I help you? You know, like, <laughs> like I, I, you know, I really didn't know it was my first experience with it. Yeah. You know, and then you, could, you fast forward a year and I went on tour and stuff like that, which was absolutely crazy. Um, we did 21 cities and... 28 days or something like that i don't Damn. know the exact number but you know that was that was when i was like you know after that tour first off it was probably the most fun 28 day span of my life but that was when i was like okay you sped up life a little too much there you know like it yeah. was, you know because i you know i edit myself and stuff like that and that was what made it real tricky is it was like 5 a.m flight to the new city and then check into the hotel drop the bags off go to the pop-up set the stuff up, you know, it was, it was just me and one friend, and my mom came to some of them just because she wanted to see it, but I'm yeah. not going to have my mom, you know, work, so it was really just me and a friend setting everything up, in fact, a couple of them I went completely by myself, um, you know, and then set it up, it would take three or four hours to get through the whole line, because I didn't want to do just, like, picture next, picture next, it was like, it was more of like a, hey, what's your name, where are you from, you know, when did you start watching, whatever it was, you know, like, have a little conversation with everybody, because um, to me it was cool that people wanted to meet me, not because it was like, ooh, I'm a celebrity, but it was cool because it was like, I have the opportunity to meet so many people, and you never know who you're going to meet. Like, um, I was able to do a sneaker that's coming out much later, I can't even really talk about it, but I've been able to design a sneaker with Dolce & Gabbana that's going to release, and the way that that happened was I literally met a kid, a 14, 15-year-old kid, his, his name's Gary, and we talked for 20 minutes. I think I was actually at Urban Necessities when I met him. Um, you know, and then he brought his dad over, and we're talking, talking, talking. And finally, his dad was like, well, if you ever need anything, uh, here's my number. Give me a call. And uh, his card was like, he was like the, he was, I don't remember his exact position, but some really big position at Dolce & Gabbana. So as I saw this kid a few more times at different pop-ups that I did, um, you know, the relationship built. And then his dad was like, hey, we're looking for influencers to design a sneaker for us that we're going to come out with in this collection, blah, blah, blah. And so I got to design a sneaker that's going to come out um, in a while. I'm not sure when, but, you know, stuff like that, like that was the coolest thing to me. It was just meeting people like that and not knowing and honestly not caring either, but just having a good time, you know. 
I, growing up, I was always a fan of people, whether it was like Chargers players or different actors I liked or musicians. And so, like being someone that kids looked at like that was like the coolest thing to me. So, how many people that like are usually standing in the line outside waiting for you to go to you know the pop of? Uh, several hundreds. Uh, Boston, we had over a thousand. Like there was, I mean, there were some really, really big turnouts. But keep in mind, right? Like. If you take 600 people and put them in a single file line, that's like blocks long. It yeah. looks, you know, it, it looks it looks huge. You know, and so it was definitely a definitely an experience. Definitely an experience. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't know what to expect. Keep in mind, when I went on tour, I only had like 300,000 subscribers. So, um, or I think even less than that, maybe. Uh-huh. And so my first my first city was uh was Milwaukee, and I went there the night before to set everything up, and um. And, like, 12 kids are waiting outside 18 hours before it started. And I was like, oh, God. I, I was like, I don't even know what I can do for you guys. Like, <laughs> Dang, that that's crazy. Like, I, I, like, I don't know how, like, that outcome is, is what's amazing about it is, you know, you're traveling to, what you said, 28 states and then, you know, in, no, 28 days in 21 different cities. That's, like, amazing hustle and just work at the regular. Even though, like, at, you know, like you said, you didn't realize at the time it was, you still had a uh, a good amount of following, two hundred something thousand, three hundred thousand, but you were still traveling to go meet fans and uh, to interact with them, which is really dope of you to do that. Yeah, that no, was awesome. That was honestly what I wanted. You know, that was what I wanted to do. It was so much fun, and I posted every single day. I didn't miss an upload. Like that was that was for sure, definitely one of the biggest grinds I ever had to you know go through. But it was also literally probably the most fun i've ever had it was awesome yeah most definitely it sounds amazing but let's move on more about yourself uh entrepreneurship is in your blood for the people that's listening you know you have uh such a great background for what you do um your your uncle is actually steve Wynn, ceo of Wynn resorts you know how much does he play a role and you know in your success and what you've done so far throughout your life um you know it's cool having a family member like that um I, you know, he's so busy, I don't see him a ton, but, um, just the, I'll tell you what the biggest impact he had on me was, is definitely, like, the amount of expectation that he gave me, like, as far as, as far as just living up to that kind of name, you know, everywhere I go, it's like, oh, you're his nephew, and to me, it was always like, no, 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 you don't understand, one day he's going to be looked at as my uncle, you know what I mean, like, that was always kind of the idea for me, (laughs) so, I would say the biggest impact he had on me was just kind of dealing with that, and, not dealing with that isn't a negative thing. Like, it was good because even right off the bat, like, it gives you a lot of credibility. It's like, oh, he's legit because blah, 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 which I don't know why people think that. Like, for all they know, I could have never even met him or I might not actually even be related. You know, I don't talk about it. I've never said it. You know, I never bring it up. Like, that. not that I have anything to, like, hide as far as that goes, but it's yeah. one of those things that it's, like, I'm more so just focused on building my own name and my own brand. But um, he's definitely supportive of it. You know, we definitely have talked about it in the past and stuff like that like i remember right when i hit a hundred thousand he called me up and you know it was like and i couldn't believe it because you know steve's blind he can't even see so you know that kind of told me that he probably had someone monitoring my stuff to tell him which was pretty neat and you know different stuff like that there's definitely different stories but um yeah i would say it's just motivation at the end of the day yeah he always tells you you know um i, I read somewhere he always t- he, he told you he tells you if you don't love what you do, then you're not going to be successful. You know, uh, that's not something exclusive to me, though. He says that to everybody. He, yeah, he does. That, so, that so just, that just thing. 
So how 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 does that correspond to you know your life and you know you know if you're going to give tips like you say he gives it to everybody, how do you look at that tip and you know you can explain it to somebody else who doesn't understand that benefit and you know that side of it of it yet? I would challenge you to drop everything for sixty days and do nothing except what you really want to do, but with a business aspect, like not like drop everything, go sit on the couch and do yeah. nothing, but but drop everything. And if you love video games, start a Twitch, right? Like, do something you love for 60 days and then compare those 60 days to the previous 60 days and tell me which which one made you more excited to wake up, which one made you hate Mondays less, which one, right? You know, whatever you want to say, you know, and I and that's kind of the only way to really show people how beneficial it is to do what you love. So, I know that, you know, you love doing what you do. It seems, you know, you have a... Great thing going for you, but anyway, like you know, with all the success you have going on, it's college. What what do you want to be doing in college? You know, after you know all the credentials that you have. So, I think I think for me, college. Obviously, I'm going to graduate and stuff like that. But yeah. I think for me, college is more so um, meeting the right people, making the right connections, maybe taking the right internship opportunities. Um, you know, the difference putting myself in a city where I feel like I'm in the best position to succeed. You know, that was a big like. You know, I got into schools like USC in, in LA, and I got it. You know, um, Boston University. Like I got into some schools that, you know, are probably ranked higher than where I chose to go, but mm-hmm. um, they weren't in New York City. You know, and so that was kind of a big thing for me was putting myself in the right position because I'm not really necessarily as worried about like oh like this school's ranked this as opposed to like a where the location is, what opportunities I'll have, and stuff like that. So. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I definitely think that I will get a lot out of college. I just think that I'll get a lot out of it in a way that's very different from what a lot of people go for. Okay, yeah. So, well, it looks like you have the greatest support system in the world. You know, where you have your family to let you expand about who you are to be success. You know, where you are now. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'm very, very, very close to my mom. Um, you know. She's very, very supportive. Sometimes she can't believe the decision I'm making, but as soon as I tell her I'm making it, she gets 100% behind it, which is awesome. You know, a lot of people have, a lot of people, you know, their parents can be an obstacle in their lives, and for me, that's the farthest thing from the truth, which is awesome. And, you know, I have a tight group of friends that have been very supportive since day one and stuff like that. You know, it's it's, it's very nice to have that. It's it's so much bigger than people realize. Yeah, it's, it's amazing when, you know, you have the, you know, your own family and just, People in general just support you. It's just an amazing feeling having that that extra motivation behind you. So you know, I, I love you know even for myself generally. You know, I, I even speaking with you today, I, I've watched you on YouTube. I've seen you at sneaker cons. You know, you're you're an amazing, humble person, dude. So you know, um, I, you know, yeah, I do thank you for you know just just being who you are, but also making an impact to, you know, the youth as well, because, you know, uh, the 400,000 subscribers, they look up to you, man, and, you know, I just want to say, even myself, that, you know, you're you're a very motivational and inspiring person, so thank you very much, uh, Blake. Thank you, man, it means the world, I appreciate you having me on your yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we're coming to the end of the show, but before we leave the show, we do a takeaway for the audience, what would your advice be, you know, through everything that you've done, from reselling sneakers from 11 to 12, starting your YouTube uh, have your own business. What would your advice be through all of that and giving it to the the you know the young people? Um, that's a good one. You know, I mean, I, I mean, it's so simple. I mean, to me, I think it's just you've got to realize you have you know you have one life to live. Um, 
do what you love every day. You'll know people do what they hate. And it's just like, what do you have to show for it at the end of the day? And, um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. It's just doing what you love, enjoying it and realizing it. But, uh, thank, yeah, thanks for having me on the show, though. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I work hard every motherfucking day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work hard. I work hard every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Doing good work that matters. That's what a career at Mantech means. From protecting our satellites in space to protecting our warfighters in the field. And we are passionate about empowering our people to be their best by providing unparalleled job mobility and offering a free bachelor's or master's degree in cyber or cloud computing. The men and women at Mantech take pride in doing the tough work that keeps our country safe. Do you have what it takes to join our team? Learn more at mantech.com careers.